It's one of your top stories around our neck of the woods. And quite frankly, it's a story I myself have been trying to get to the bottom of for about a week or so now. East Nobles Southside Elementary School in a bit of hot water after a classroom discussion took place regarding gender identity. Did I mention this gender identity discussion took place in a second grade classroom? To share what went down, we are speaking with Joel Lash. He is the father of one of the second graders in the room during the time of this discussion. Good morning, Joel. Good morning. How are you? I am well. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, First and foremost, am I safe in assuming that your child uh, in this classroom came home from from school after this gender identity discussion occurred and, and let's just say told you about it and maybe had some questions? Uh, yeah, he came home and let me know what happened. Uh, he told me some of the words that were discussed and things that uh, he had heard, things that he's never heard before um, and was asking me about it. And uh, I had messaged the teacher, Miss uh, Jennifer Roberts, about the said incident on the Seesaw app and asking her if these things are true and if this actually transpired. And she responded with a yes, but she was directed to tell all the parents to speak with the counselor about the matter. What was it that your your son heard during this classroom discussion and how long was the discussion, Joel? Uh, He said it was probably about five or 10 minutes. Uh, He is only a nine-year-old boy, so his attention wasn't enormous. Sure. Probably more concerned to coming home and playing the games and and being a child. But it was along the lines of uh, uh, the the boy being gender fluid because that's what his parents had informed him that he is. Um, uh, uh, He decides whether he's, he can decide whether he's a boy or a girl depending on any moment or any time of the day or when he wakes up. Um, So this discussion happened, and then from what I have heard, Joel, from parents, is that after this this boy was kind of having this open dialogue with his peers, the teacher allowed kind of uh, what I'm going to call a Q&A session. Did that happen? Did your son say anything about that? Yeah, so um, there was a Q&A. The counselor also verified that when she came into the classroom, there was also, she said there was questions going on between the children to him in front of the class. Uh, most of them seemed, you know, not in depth on the matter sure. because they are children, uh, but still inappropriate, uh, anyways. And, um, uh, she, for some reason, the counselor didn't stop it when she walked in knowing that it was wrong, uh, apparently, and uh, allowed the question Q and a to continue for a, a little while before she decided to end it, where she also offered an opportunity for children to, talk to her privately about more questions, which is also, I believe, inappropriate. Yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with all of that, Joel. Uh, But fast forwarding here for sake of conversation and sake of the clock here, this discussion happened. Obviously, the school started hearing from parents about it, like yourself. And then they sent out a letter. Um, Basically, Joel, I've seen this letter. It was sent to, to parents, to the parents and guardians of the kids in this classroom, basically saying, yeah, this happened, and we are sorry, right? Is that pretty much the gist of this letter? So we never actually received a physical letter. They had never actually uh, sent out a physical letter. They only sent an email to the parents hoping it wouldn't be read. Uh, And we were were only able to get that letter 
uh, when we were at a meeting we scheduled with them almost a week later. Wow. Uh, because the email wouldn't open for us. The email never told the parents that it happened in their kid's classroom, rather just in the school, and was misleading uh, in a way, I'm sure, on purpose. We are still almost a month later meeting parents who are just now finding out what happened in the child's classroom, and the level of transparency in the corporation I'm finding is rather disturbing. Uh, yeah, I didn't know any of that, Joel. I have a copy of the email, and you best bet I will be sharing it myself. I could not agree with you more about how uh, actually misleading the the memo, whatever you want to call it, actually is. And you're right. That was done on purpose. Uh, fast forward again, there was also a school board meeting earlier this week, and I know you and dozens of unhappy parents attended this school board meeting. How did that unfold? So the school board meeting was, I believe, just a terrible flop. Nothing, uh, it was nothing that is the, the thing that everybody was so upset, upset about was barely addressed. Um, the public was only allowed a minute and 20 seconds to discuss their feelings to the score, a school board member about the things that had happened. Um, and that's very concerning because they're public servants that seem like they're not concerned with uh, serving the public. And that is very troubling as well. Yeah, you you and I both. Um, was there any mention at the school board meeting, or, or maybe even since all of this happened, about what has happened to the teacher who actually led this discussion in her classroom? So at the very end of the school board meeting, uh, Teresa Grimo had said that they responded promptly and you know correctly to the matter. And that was it. They didn't say who it was. They didn't say what happened. Like I said, the transparency that they have is lacking. Kind of and I, it's, it, it really seems like they're just trying to push things under the rug and just try to weather the storm and hope that it goes away. Yeah, and she is the superintendent. Uh, since all of this, it has been said that this teacher uh, has been suspended for three days quote, without pay, do you feel like, Joel, that's an adequate outcome? So, yeah, we did We did hear that she was suspended for three days uh, unpaid, but I feel at the very least she should be terminated. Uh, she's allowed a seed to be planted in our children's minds mm-hmm. that she had no right to plant, and we can't undo it. Is it true that you have since pulled your child out of the district? Uh, yes, we uh, pulled both of our little ones uh, out of Southside because we feel like we can't trust them to to be with our children Yeah, because of the lack of transparency. And how fortunate that you're able to do that because I know so many parents are not able to do that. And Joel, I don't know you. I have never met you. Uh, but allow me to say this, you know, just thanks for fighting for, for our kiddos, uh, whether people want to admit it or not. There's a war happening around our kids right now. And it's right in front of our faces, which is the, the even more scarier part. And a lot of parents, guardians, teachers, counselors, administrators, coaches, they are letting our kids take the fall for the sake of mm-hmm. inclusion, uh, you know, uh, for the sake of not hurting anyone's feelings. So, Joel, from me to you, again, I've, I've never even met you, but thank you for standing up for our kids. Uh, thank you for wielding your sword and your shield right now. I myself am not done with this story because I'm with you. I don't think a three-day suspension uh, is an adequate outcome here. So, Joel, I have a feeling you and I will be in touch in the future. Okay. C- could I add just a little Please. bit more at the end here? Um, I just want to say um, 
sadly, these things haven't been happening just recently, and they've been happening for years under the leadership of Teresa Grimaud and some of the school board members. And we've had many parents reach out to us telling us their stories, trapped in their situations. And we as parents are not alone. And you can reach out to us at uh, Misha and Joel Ash on Facebook. And there's also been a group that has reached out to me and has a page called Engage East Noble. Uh, they've been trying to make their community more aware of what's been happening. Uh, there's a lot of pornography in the books and there's a lot of inappropriate things that are happening. And now they have some other things happening in the middle school, and I'm sure you'll be covering that as well in the future. Uh, yeah, holy smokes. Uh, good thing I have your number, Joel. I'm going to say it again. We will definitely be in touch. It sounds like we are just scraping the tip of the surface here. So once again, from me to you, thank you for everything you and your wife are doing. Joel, have a great weekend. Uh, like I said, we'll be chit-chatting yeah. in the future. Yep, and I just want to say thank you, and God bless you, t- uh, God bless you too for uh fighting a good fight and getting the word out there and spreading the word for parents and everybody in the community. Amen, my man. That is Joel Lash. He is the father of one of the second graders in this classroom during the time of this gender identity discussion. For the life of me, truly for the life of me, I cannot figure out why anyone thinks it's appropriate for a six, seven, eight, nine-year-old to talk about sexual orientation and gender identity in a classroom setting. I will never, ever be able to understand that. It is not the role of our public school educators to discuss gender identity or sexual orientation in the classroom at any age. It most especially is not the role of our public educators to pass the buck to a second grader to do it either. I would love to ask this teacher. I'd love to ask her if this student wanted to address in front of all of his peers about identifying as a Republican would that discussion have been allowed? I'd love to ask her that. Well, we'll land. We've already got requests in. Of course, we will continue to hunt down this story in the days ahead here on Fort Wayne's Morning News. For now, Mike Wilson, he's hunting down our local headlines if we've got time for him. Straight ahead here on Whoa, Whoa. Podcasts by Federated Media.